up, everybody? This is Marty Friedman, and you are talking rock with Dave and Shane. Hi everybody, this is Rob Halford, the Rudy Sergeant. Hey, yeah, this is Steve Hackett. You folks are just working out a triumph, and we're talking rock with Dave and Shane. Hey! This is awesome. Marty Friedman on the Rock of Nations show. There he is. What's going on, man? How you doing? Nice I'm good. You, How are you? Hey, nice to meet you Great too. All right, nice to have you. Yeah, man, we are just uh, so thrilled to have you on the show all the way from Japan, I believe. Is that right? Are you in the Tokyo area? Right. Tokyo, Japan. Awesome, man. Awesome. Uh, talking about Fusion Syndicate, Beautiful Horizon, a follow-up to 2012's uh, Speedway on Saturn's Rings. And uh, how do you feel this this record coming out, um, this uh, kind of jazz ensemble, how cool is this uh, to have yet another fusion syndicate release after all this time i'm just honored to be asked to do it in the first place really <laughs> um yeah. that's basically it you know i get a, a call to play with some really super super players and uh and i just jump in and and it's just an honor to be asked so if i can do something and then they want to do it again that must mean that the first <laughs> time didn't suck too terribly <laughs> and um, it's just a pleasure. It really is. What inspires you uh, these days? Because I, I mean, you're uh, somebody said you're like the Steve Vai of Japan, which I, I, I it makes sense. You know, you're, you're so you find so many ways to to be creative out there. Um, you know, what inspire what, what keeps your inspiration going? Is it curiosity of the instrument? Is it just pushing your boundaries? How does that work? Yeah, I don't really care about the instrument that much, to be honest. Oh, really? <laughs> um, yeah, I'm I'm not really uh, an instrument guy, and it's kind of like a tool. It's like a fork and a knife, or a chopsticks, or um, it's just a a means to the end, and the end being the music, which I really, really am pretty much obsessed with listening to music and creating music, and always a fan first, and um, I try to you know carve out the type of exact music that um you know uh expresses what i'd like to express in music so that's like an endless bottomless journey for me and um it's, it's the music yeah i just i just find as long as there's new things that i'm trying always hearing that i want to do that i'll keep making music but uh you know i've never really come to like you know the situation where like you have a writer's block or anything like that it's yeah. just, oh it's like vomiting out of me for whatever reason <laughs> nice uh, no i think that's cool how it's like a living sort of breathing thing almost sounds like yeah i mean it, it really is just a very natural thing i've been doing since my middle teens so it's just kind of kind of a normal thing to always try to do something i've never done before with music you know i never wanted to be one of those guys that um unfortunately i've had to say so many times about my own heroes i'd be like well i loved their first couple albums but then they kind of went into a direction i didn't like or they didn't reach their potential but their early stuff was great you know i never yeah. really wanted anyone to say that about me so i'm always so conscious of of that and and at least to my approval I've uh, 
I've done okay in that regard, but I just am very conscious about not having that said about me. When you, you know, I mean, we know you from metal, of course, the metal thrash metal world, but your music has so many more layers than that. Um, does metal sometimes feel limiting in terms of how you can express yourself uh, creatively? Well, I mean, uh, if you put it in a strict traditional genre like that, it could be, but um, I don't really look at it that way. I look at it more of like metal is like a sonic thing. It's like metal has to have this distorted wall of guitars, mm -hmm. which I just love that sonic palette, so to speak. So um, you can do things that don't fit in within the traditional genre of metal, but still have that sound. And I find that in Japan, there's a lot more uh, appreciation for putting that heavy sound in other contexts. In America, you know, that heavy sound is pretty much delegated only to metal music. It's not going to find its way into hip hop or pop or, or you know, dance music or R&B. It just, just doesn't go in there. But in Japan, I find that it's easier to inject that sound into other genres so i think mm -hmm. that's one of the reasons i feel natural here yeah yeah i was gonna ask you about that i mean uh it's been about 20 years i think uh, was it about 2003 you moved out to japan or maybe something like that um talk about yeah. just if you don't mind like just being fully immersed in in the environment there um you know what what you what you listen to out there now in japan i mean you become such an icon out there too like what was it that first drew you in first drew me in was like the melody sense is just different from what you and i grew you i assume you grew up in america yeah yep michigan yep detroit like what we grew up with melodically even subconsciously without thinking about it we kind of all grew up with the same music in in the background of our lives you know whether we liked it or didn't like it regardless you know it was on tv was on the radio and in japan they grew up with a completely different set of melodic motifs so to speak and for whatever reason when i started coming to japan a lot for touring i uh really liked what i heard in in the background of everyday life here and started to study it and get into it and realize that I was really a big fan of the Japanese music scene so I wanted to be a part of that mm. um, it's kind of the melodic motifs are just different from what we grew up with yeah um, they're kind of maybe a little bit sadder in nature kind of uh, wistful and and in some some people might think kind of a almost cheesy because they're not afraid to do like embarrassingly embarrassingly happy melodies or embarrassingly sad melodies mm. um i think in in american music there's just always this underlying trying to be cool everything has to be cool it can't be too can't be childlike it can't be uh um too like dark and just um what's the word in english i keep losing my english every day um <laughs> yeah um that's what you're yeah. fluent in japan right or japanese i, sh I should say you're yeah, fluent. I, yeah you know I, 
speak only Japanese over here, so it's really weird to switch to English when I do oh, these. Well. <laughs> I do English press and stuff, and there's one word I want to say: hmm. um, clashing notes, notes that might clash in American music. Um, it's kind of like you might get a pass in Japanese music because there's a lot, there's a lot of um, very strange intervals between notes that don't happen in in American music, just from years of traditional ch Japanese music, which is different from what we grew up with, and it still really turns me on. So, uh, um, you know, that's what I've kind of gotten deeper and deeper, and it kind of shows up in my music too. You mentioned Kiss. I, I read that that Kiss was a big influence on you growing up. Was that was that true? Can you kind of talk about just, uh, you know, how awesome. I, I, it's one of my favorite bands. I saw their final show here in Detroit. Uh, they say final. I think it is really this it? time around. Yeah, it was awesome. Yeah, I saw them October 20th. With that, the, the, the recent one? The recent one, yeah. Yeah, I saw the recent one. Yeah. Um, it just Gina, Pye, oh, Eric, and Tommy. It was awesome. It was really great. I mean, um, you know, you, I, you get, you know, those guys, I mean, and they'll say it, you know, they're getting up there in age. So, you know, it's, it's harder to do that, especially where all the gear and everything, but it was, it was an, I mean, I've seen them five times. I'd say it was the best show I've seen because it, just the lights and everything else. And the, the, the playing was great. Um, it was, it was cool. It was electrifying. It was very cool. And I saw Ace solo about nine years ago too. So he's still putting out some great solo stuff too. So you saw them in Detroit. Yeah, in Detroit. Yeah. Yep. Um, their final, uh, this is the last leg of the end of the road tour. And it was, it was emotional, man. I mean, it was like, you know, every, you could tell Paul was really feeling it, you know, just like, I mean, they've got, they're done, I think on December 3rd, they have two shows in New York and that's, they say that's it, at least for Kiss traditional touring, you know, um, but man, I, I'm still on a high and that was a month ago from it. Dude, did Kiss last show in Detroit? That's a monumental gig that you saw, man. I'm so jealous. It was it was wild, wow. man. It was wild. That's emotional right there. It I mean, was. Detroit, yeah. Guys. yeah. Yeah. Wow. How cool is that? Yeah, I'm a big Kiss nerd. And um, mm. the only Kiss nerd who beats me in Kiss nerddom is um, John Five. I was going to say, <laughs> who's from here? Yeah, that's right. Yeah. He's the best kiss nerd out there. Um, there's no one even who comes close to his collection. And uh, I, I watch his kiss collection on Instagram and it's like, dude, this is the deepest one ever. It's um, intense. Yeah. yeah. You know, you know, kiss started a lot of us off, you know what I mean? Just like, uh, how can you not get excited? If you catch kiss at the right age, um, it's really one of those things, you know, and a lot of guys that I know have similar experiences. I, just something, a great, a great, uh, great band that will be sorely missed, but I have a yeah. funny feeling that they're not going to leave so quietly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.